Welcome back again to another episode, another special episode of the show. This is part six in a special series supporting National Spa Week here in the UK, which takes place from the 4th to the 11th of November 2019. Now, today on the show, we're looking at the topic of leadership within an organization, specifically within a spa, but the same concepts can apply whether you work in a salon or a hotel as you progress throughout your career or throughout your business journey. Now, I mentioned at the end of yesterday's episode that our conversation today about leadership involves a mountain and the level you are at in your specific career. Come on, that's got to be worth listening to, right? So let's stick that cassette in and let's get going. You're listening to The Beauty Business Podcast, now with over a quarter of a million downloads worldwide. This is the podcast for you if you run an independent beauty salon, skin clinic, or spa. I want to help you reach your business goals through simple, practical, and focused business information and advice. Now, if you're a regular listener of the show, then you might notice a slight difference in some of the episodes this week. You see, this week, The Beauty Business Podcast is supporting National Spa Week here in the UK. And this year, 2019, National Spa Week, run by the UK Spa Association is highlighting the importance of wellness in the workplace. And to celebrate this, every day this week, we are releasing a brand new episode of the show, focusing on a different aspect of workplace wellness, how it can affect you, how it can affect your business, and most importantly, what you should be doing about it. And who am I? Well, my name is Adam Chatterley, and I'm your host here on the show, but also the current chairman of the UK Spa Association. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, Again, just so you know you're in the right place, you are joining me today for day six of our special series of beauty business podcast episodes supporting National Spa Week and this year's topic, which is wellness in the workplace. Now, like I said briefly in the introduction there, today we're talking all about leadership and, well, what that actually means in a practical sense. Now, if you are a regular listener to the show, you will know that only a few weeks ago I did an episode on leadership where I was joined by Rob Cross from Muru Leadership and we talked about how leadership is a very personal thing. Well, in today's episode, we look at leadership from an entirely different angle. I'm joined by leadership expert Rebecca Bonington from Tricres, and Rebecca introduces us to the concept of leadership and how the skills you need to perform leadership actually change as you progress throughout your career. Now, what's fascinating about today's topic is that no matter what your role is, whether it's your own business or whether you work in an organization, you'll be able to see yourself in one of the positions that she describes and check for yourself whether you have adopted the correct leadership approach and the skills to match the level that you are at. And yes, the whole thing really does revolve around metaphorically climbing a mountain. Now, before we dive into the conversation, though, just to remind you that the idea of these daily topics this week is to introduce the subjects to you or maybe just expand a little more on what you may already know or what you may think you know, and also to pique your interest. Now, if you'd like to know more about the topics themselves or if you'd just like to know a little bit more about National Spa Week and the other topics that we've been covering and to get additional resources like videos and articles on each topic, just go to spa-uk.org forward slash spa week. That's www.spa-uk.org forward slash spa week. Now take a little time out and join me for my conversation all about leadership with Rebecca Bonington. Well, welcome to the show, Rebecca Bonington. Thank you, Adam. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for your time. So today we're talking about leadership. Good. Excellent. My favourite subject. Wonderful. So what would be really useful, just to give people a bit of context, could you give us a bit of history into you, um, what it is that you do, how you got to where you are right now? Bit of information. Sure. 
Yeah, happy to. So I, I have run my own businesses since 1999, since the age of 28. Wow. Um, and before that, I was one of the youngest managers in an organization uh, pre-privatization British Rail. Um, okay. And then I was quite a young manager in um, a big recruitment agency. Um, so I, I've made every mistake there is to make <laughs> in terms of management and leadership <laughs> and uh, have got it horribly wrong on any number of occasions. Um, but in 2008, I left recruitment mm. and I established myself as an executive coach um, took a master's degree in coaching and did my license training for NLP, neurolinguistic programming. Um, since then, I now focus my attention on growing businesses. Mm -hmm. So I work with small to medium-sized enterprises. I work with the owners and founders, usually in their board of directors and senior teams, to get them the business in the right place to grow and the team in the right place to grow. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. Business and people. Business and people. Awesome. Wow. So yeah, so you've made the mistakes. You failed your way to success, basically. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> I love it. And anybody who says they hasn't is lying. <laughs> I totally agree, 100%. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so topic of leadership then. Now, this is an interesting one because we're sort of starting to hear a lot more about it in in sort of the, uh, our day-to-day -day lives and things like that. But to mm. me, um, leadership was always a phrase kind of associated more with the sort of corporate boardroom, high-level executive type thing. Why mm. is it something that's becoming more relevant, more prevalent in smaller businesses? I think because we have an increasingly intelligent and demanding workforce mm -hmm. um, who have been uh, through a school system that encourages you to think for yourself and ask questions. Right. Um, and I think that needs a different style of approach to just simply telling people what to do. Um, and um, I think the the generation, I don't know how old you are, Adam, but I'm nearly 49 um, and we're known as Generation X. Um, and, and we, when we went into the workplace, we just went in with the opinion that you just did as you were told. Uh, and you didn't ask any questions. Yeah, I'm, now, I'm 41, so I'm 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 there in Generation X with you. Right. Okay. Uh, and and you just didn't challenge authority because that's no. not how you were taught. But mm -hmm. it, things are very different now, and rightly so. Um, and so, even if you are in charge of only one person, simply just telling them what to do doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so leadership skills are much more about um, coaching, um, working with and uh, enabling people to reach their best. So the old style of command and control is definitely out of the window. Uh, and people, as I say, even if you're managing one person, you've got to learn some key skills on how to do that in the most effective way. So is is leadership then, is is it really kind of the new management or is that kind of simplifying it too much? Um, I think that's simplifying it too much. Um, if you, the, def, the old definition, a manager manages tasks. Right. 
and make sure those tasks are completed. Uh, and yes, everybody in a, a business has to uh, have the ability to manage tasks and make sure they're completed. Mm-hmm. A leader will empower their people and give them the tools and confidence they need to deliver those tasks uh, without being micromanaged um, and give them the full accountability and responsibility for delivering those tasks. Um, So that takes a slightly different set of skills Mm. um, because you've, as I say, you've got to engender that confidence and nurture that capability in people so that they are able to deliver the tasks that you've handed to them and said, right, you know, that's your job. I'm not going to get involved. You've, you know how to do it. You've been, you've been trained on how to do it. You've got the freedom to deliver it. Now go away and deliver it. So it sounds like what we're saying is nowadays we manage ourselves and we lead others. Yes, that's precisely it. Yeah. And, and you make a very good point there, actually, in that great management and leadership starts with yourself. You absolutely have to learn how to manage your emotions uh, your time, your feelings, your mindset. Yeah, um, yeah it yeah. does start with you. Cool. So the 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 people listening to this show are going to be uh, at various stages of their work. I think we've probably got mm-hmm. people listening. Certainly this week in National Spa Week, we've got people um, who are will be therapists, um, mm. probably senior therapists, assistant managers, managers, right the way up to sort of spa director level, maybe even general managers of, of hotels and things. So how does leadership apply at the, all the different stages of, of someone's career? Okay. So um, if, if your listeners can picture a mountain, okay, this mm. is the easiest way to it. At the base of the mountain, you have your people who are delivering the spa services. So the beauticians, the therapists, the personal trainers, etc. And the minute you move up to a supervisory or team leader role, you move up a level on that mountain, which means the view you have is slightly longer and higher. So if you think about it, if you're a, a therapist, your your view of the business is probably a day long. It literally is yeah. till the end of the day, which clients have I got in and what treatments am I doing? Yeah, the sense. minute you yeah, the minute you move up to team leader, you really you view it it then becomes the week, if not the month, because then you're into what staff have I got, mm-hmm. who have we got coming in, how do I manage sickness, holidays, that kind of thing. And your view immediately changes. So that's the first thing that happens. The next thing that happens is then you become accountable to a manager above you who usually has a manager or a director <laughs> above them. <laughs> yeah. um, so you're delivering partly what the business, the bigger business wants for the organization, partly as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other aspect is you suddenly in a team leader or a supervisory role realize that you can't be best mates with all the therapists. Yes, yes. That's the hardest thing to learn when you first move up to that first sort of rung of the managerial ladder 
Um, and it, it happened to me. I was uh, promoted from, I can't remember the grades in British Rail, to the first level of manager. Mm-hmm. And I was sat in the pub with 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 the guys because it was engineers I was working with at the time and we were chatting away and one of them was telling me something that I knew was against the rules right oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know and quite seriously against the rule because it's a cr- safety critical uh, organization yeah, I, imagine, that I yeah, was in yeah. yeah and I realized at that point that I was no longer able to go to the pub with the lads. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it was it was tough. And I also realized at that point that I would have to report him Oof. because it was a safety critical thing that he said he was doing. And he got the sack. Oh dear. Yeah, I know. And so it it, it was that that was a big learning curve for me. Um, and I realized after that, that you, whilst you can get on really well with your team and that's important, there's a line that has to be drawn and that's the toughest lesson to learn at that level. It really is. And I think, I think that's probably the biggest, the hardest step to make transitioning Mm. from, from, from one of the, one of the team to being any sort of team leader or or supervisor role, because probably at that level certainly not in in the spa industry you're unlikely to have had any sort of um management or, or leadership type training in that transition mm. so you really are finding out everything the hard way um, yeah. a little bit in in that scenario and I, I can i can entirely imagine that scenario happening in our industry so, so that's really interesting i, I see that now okay yeah so you, you're gonna lose some friends potentially yeah, yeah. okay so yeah well it's not all it's not always grass is greener no, it, it is not. <laughs> no, you might get a bit more money and a bit more responsibility, but the, there's always a price to pay. And I think that's as you move up the ladder, the question to yourself is, what is the price I'll be paying? Mm. And am I prepared to pay the price? Yeah. And is it is it worth it? And am I at that stage? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. And only individuals can answer those questions themselves. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So we've moved to we've moved sort of to that next stage on the mountain, mm, mm-hmm. and then you've yes. got so let's let's say that's kind of head therapist maybe uh, assistant manager type role. Then mm. we move into the next level, which is manager. So what changes at, at that point? Then you've got a team, mm. <laughs> and mm. then you've got to be aware of team dy- dynamics, how to get a team to work well together. You've got all the communication skills because you're you're managing any number of people, particularly in the spa industry, who won't necessarily be there every single day. So there might be uh, weeks where you don't see somebody Mm -hmm. um, due to rotors or holidays or sickness or whatever. So your communication skills have to be absolutely spot on and you've got to make sure that you communicate evenly and consistently across your team. Um, Now, happily, we've got lots of different ways to communicate now. So uh, one of the things I know teams use in modern workplaces is Slack Mm -hmm. um, that everybody can connect with and you send out a message and everybody gets it. I guess it's like WhatsApp, isn't it? But for business. Yeah, it is just because it's not probably very familiar in our our industry. It's it's WhatsApp for business or I think Facebook have a version called Workplace. It's it's, it's a group text communication tool, but you can send pictures and and things as well. But it just keeps... 
keeps it more professional rather than it being part of just everyone's WhatsApp. Exactly. Yeah. And and I'm a big advocate of that for when you're managing teams that don't necessarily always work together. Mm. Um, because if you can c- communicate your message and using pictures is brilliant because people respond better to pictures or even little short videos. If you've got a message to convey about changes or developments or, would, or whatever it happens to be doing it, in short, sweet bursts over something like Slack can be really powerful uh, so that even people on their days off will get a little Slack message. It's a yeah. quick video. They can watch it and go, OK, right, I know that for when I come back into the salon or the spa or whatever. Um, so that that's key. And that feeds uh, into that consistency message as well that you, that you said. So you're not you're able to tell the whole team the same thing at the same time, even if you tell some of them in person. Um, yes. But it's not like, oh, well, I forgot to tell so-and-so that when I was speaking to them because I was thinking about 10 other things. Exactly, which which happens because you're a human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and But in teams, people go, well, you didn't tell me that. And they get terribly upset and hurt. And it's not that the manager didn't tell them on purpose. Mm. It's just, as you rightly say, they've got 10 different things to remember and they just simply forgot. So using a tool like that can be incredibly helpful. Um, notice boards are useful, although I have to say how many people read them, I'm not actually sure. Um, uh, so communication, that team development, um, you're much more into coaching than once you've got a team and, and, and sort of nurturing talent. You have to start to deal with personalities. You do. The differing personalities on your team and potentially conflicting ones as well. Indeed, yes, because human <laughs> beings are a funny bunch and they're very unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, and and again, I would say to managers is just when you think you've got your team sourced, yeah. they'll surprise you and you'll realise that you haven't at all. Um, so uh, I think the the best advice there is when when people come to you. Uh, again, a CEO of a big construction industry uh, business once told me this. He said, "Look." My first principle is first seek to understand. So when people are coming to you with problems, issues, complaints, whatever it happens to be, first seek to understand. Yes. Don't ever jump to conclusions. Know that there's always more than one side to every single story. Um, and you're almost, I have a phrase where you listen like a rock with ears. And this is where, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, listening becomes a key skill in management. Um, just, just sitting back, having your mind clear when people are talking to you, gathering the information and then making the decision once you've gathered all the information. Um, And it's very tempting as a manager to just make really quick decisions to to get things off your desk or to you think you're solving a problem quickly. Mm. But I, I would caution and say, take your time, ask permission to take your time when somebody comes to you with something saying, look, I'm going to have to go and ask a few other people or I'm going to have to find this out or learn about this. Can you give me a day or two before I come back to you and set expectations? I was just about to say that. Set expectations. That's Mm. such an important thing. As soon as you tell someone that, you know, it's going to take a bit more time, it's not going to happen in the next hour. 
you know, yes. they don't expect that. Whereas if you don't do that, they may be thinking, they may have an entirely different set of expectations, priorities to you. And, yes. you know, if you don't set that, they could be sat there thinking, well, why haven't they done anything about it yet? And, and yes. frustrated and more wound up <laughs> and the problem gets bigger and bigger. And, oh, yeah, that's so important. So important. It is. And, and I would add to that, Adam, that if you can't solve it by the time scale you've said you'll solve it by, go back to them and say, look, I've not forgotten. I'm still working on it. I just need a bit more info here. It's going to take me a bit longer than I thought. Yes. So it's that communication piece that's really, really important. Um, you, you alluded to it earlier. You may well be managing conflict in a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, huge advocate. If you've got conflict in the team, get the people in the same room that the conflict is between and have a where I have a grown-up discussion to get all the issues out on the table out in the open and dealt with um don't leave anything festering don't hope that it will go away <laughs> <laughs> because it won't ever go away it'll just get worse uh, so deal with things in a timely manner in a, in a, an open way as you possibly can obviously without giving confidences away and things like that um but conflict deal with it as quickly as you possibly can yeah brilliant love that anything else that happens at the uh at the sort of first proper manager stage where you're leading a a team yeah you've got to look after yourself Ah. yes (laughs) And it becomes more important to manage yourself, your own energy. Uh, It's at this stage I would recommend you find a mentor um, either outside of the organization that you're in or higher up the org- somebody older and wiser than you that's been there done that got the t- <laughs> <laughs> made the mistakes done it yeah yeah definitely um, because you're gonna need somebody to go to to let off steam and ask advice from um i've been watching um the crown netflix series yes. yeah yeah and i've only just watched the first series and the queen, very young queen, had Winston Churchill to go to um, in, in the early days of her reign. And he was her mentor. Um, and, and you need somebody with the wisdom that you don't yet have to just bounce ideas off and sense check things. And, and uh, yeah, the, usually people will give you that time for free. You normally have to buy them a cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, every now and again um but i'd probably that's that's really really important and know where you get your energy from because managing others is it it takes a lot of energy um and know what feeds your energy so look after yourself that's really important at this stage as well adam you'll be managing up the way so you may have a regional manager or somebody above you um and Bear in mind, managing up the way to your line manager is just as important as managing down the way. Um, what do you mean by that exactly? So uh, your say there's a regional structure and your regional manager or general manager is asking you to do things and, and you, you're, you're trying to prioritize. Hmm. Um, but a lot of people don't want to say no. 
you when need... you feel like you can't because You've... you know if just as much as you'd like your team not to say no to you ever um yes which might be impractical but um you know you equally want to pass that on and not say no to to your direct managers you you do that's where discussions come in mm. that's where you sit down and go yeah I, I know you want to me, me to achieve this. This is absolutely fine. Can I ask how I need to prioritize these other things, for example? Or, yes, I know you need to me to deliver this. Uh, you know, would it be okay if that's delivered by then because I've got these other deadlines? So it, it, it's thinking about your workload, your priorities, their priorities, and having a grown-up discussion and going, look, I know you're getting pressure from above to deliver this. Let's work together and work best on how we can deliver it um, so that I'm not burnt out, the team's not burnt out, and you get we all get what we want. So it, it's that's what I mean about managing upwards. It's just having grown-up discussions about what's possible what's not possible solving problems together um don't don't whinge and moan and complain um but it, it's the adult conversations that you need to be having so it's that it's the communication again it's communication it and setting expectations and, and agreeing priorities it's it's yeah the same kind of both ways okay yeah okay. definitely right so we've we've kind of those are the things that change at, at first manager level yeah so then if you decide mm -hmm. that you like this promotion thing and, yes. you, uh, and you like taking on <laughs> new challenges and then you move up, say, let's say to either spa director level, mm -hmm. operations director level, maybe you're in charge of a number of different spas or salons in an area which brings with it, you know, travel, um, mm -hmm. greater time management. What's What changes at that level in terms of leadership? Ooh, well, um, strategy for oh. a start, yes. So this this is a word that a lot of people are afraid of or misunderstand. And, and I have to say, I misunderstood it for years until I looked it up in the dictionary. Um, and it, it, all a strategy is, is making a plan and then delivering it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's very simple. Uh, and if you watch The Apprentice, God, they make a hash of it um, and, uh, and get it wrong so many times. You, you simply make a plan and deliver it. And at that regional spa director level, you, it's much more about planning, thinking, uh, working things out. Um, that that goes for everything from, you know, the talent you've got coming up through your organisation um, to resources, i.e., budgets money, uh, stock, that kind of thing, mm. uh, through to marketing. So you suddenly have to begin to understand other areas of the business that you perhaps have only had a light touch with or a brief understanding. So you've got to gain knowledge quite fast. Mm. Um, uh, you know, so there's a bit of finance, there's a bit of marketing, there's a bit of people and succession, there's probably a bit of HR in there as well. Um, know that you cannot be an expert in all of them. Yeah. And that's when you have to, if, if you're in a smaller business, that's where you have to get the resources from outside and get external 
consultants, you know, an, an outsourced HR service, for example, or a really good outsourced uh, finance director service, that kind of thing. That's really true because just because you've been promoted, you're not supposed to know everything there is to know in the world. No. Um, and exactly how to do anything. You, you're almost, your job is to know when to bring in the people that you need to bring in at that level. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. And, and you need to work out what you're good at. Um, so if you're really, really good, uh, you know, managing and motivating the team across the geography, put the majority of your attention and focus on that. If you're rubbish at doing the numbers, give it to somebody <laughs> who's really good at doing numbers. <laughs> True, because otherwise you're wasting your time, you're doing something you don't enjoy, you're no longer enjoying your job. And what was the point of the promotion anyway? Exactly. I did my first business I started in September 99. I did one VAT return and I swore I would never do another one oh. ever again. <laughs> don't talk to me. I, I have I have persevered with doing my own VAT returns for oh, 12 years. And well, only why? just now when, well, because because I'd felt I didn't have that complicated a business model and it, it got a bit more complicated and I was like, no, I can still handle this. It's fine. And suddenly with all this making tax digital and everything that's going on, I'm like, it, it's finally time. I don't have the time or the headspace or even the desire no. really to learn this new way of doing VAT. I'm just going to get someone else to do it. And I literally Good. did it a couple of months ago and we sat down and it was like half a day and I still held that that thought in my head of, you know, well, it's very complicated now and no one can possibly understand it like I understand it. And it's very tricky. I've got to keep doing it. And within like two hours of explaining it to someone, they're like, oh yeah, totally. We know exactly what we're doing now. Thanks very much. And I haven't barely spoken to my accountants in two months and yeah. I've just done it all. Right. So you, that is a beautiful example. Uh, um, and I would urge you to add up all the hours you spent on those VAT returns over 12 <laughs> years and work out what you could have earned oh, yeah. instead. Because it was always and, the last day. I left it. In fact, I think I right. looked back and the last three VAT returns I'd filed, all of them were done on the very last day. And I think the last one was done at like 17 minutes to midnight on the last day so i was like yeah this this needs to go yeah yeah <laughs> so as as a as a regional manager spa director or somebody running their own business that's growing outsource the stuff that you're not a specialist at because so you uh, and again my own example i've recently got a smart pa so she manages my diary uh, and organizes my travel and right. i have been able to increase my sales because I'm not doing that anymore. So I now see more clients uh, and I get through more work and I've increased my revenue because I have her and I've increased it by probably about three or four times than I'm paying her. Wow. And you can see when you when you put it in place, you can see why, because there's two things. First of all, you're not having to do it. So you're not, you, you know, you've got that time back. But yeah. also, they make decisions with emotions taken out of it. Yes, and they then, do. And they've just put it in your diary and you're like, okay, well, now I've got to do it rather than you thinking, well, I could do with picking the kids up that night. So that's not an ideal day for me to go, but it's just suddenly it's in your diary and you're like, okay, I'll make it work. That you Exactly. And and you alluded to it before, headspace. Yeah. It, it's given me the headspace. And as, as, as a senior person, uh, you're effectively running a business, particularly if you've got, you know, three, four, five spas you're looking after. You're running five businesses. Yeah. 
you need as much headspace as you can possibly get to juggle those things. Yeah. So just outsource, get rid of the stuff that and there's not a core activity <laughs> and, and 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 focus on the thing that you're really good at, which is uh, getting those people uh, motivated, keen to deliver great service. And, and it also frees you up to do something else that you need to do at that level because you've obviously moved further up the mountain. Yeah. And as you've seen further, a lot further as well. You're seeing you're seeing into next year. So you suddenly have gone from, you know, so you you sort of your manager further down is seeing over six months, maybe to 12 months. But as you go up to that director level, founder, uh, whatever it is, bar director level, you're now looking across a year and maybe into the following year because your job is now to say, well, where are we getting get our revenues from next year? Mm. And and you've got to spend probably about 10% of your time thinking about, well, what should we be doing next year? Uh, you know, should we be expanding? Should we open another spa? What do we need for the team? Uh, who should we be partnering with? Um, so that you've moved much further up the mountain um, to that. And if you're a business owner, in fact, you need to be looking over the next three years. Yes. Uh, yeah. really planning far ahead in in our fast moving world adam i wouldn't plan much more than three years ahead um because things change so fast i, I totally um, agree i know i now coach my clients you know plan three years ahead but i accept that by a year in it's not going to be relevant anymore um, definitely but you have to know where you're going and know yes. that it's going to change that doesn't yes. mean the plan's useless it just means you've, you've got to have that focus and you've got to keep an eye on it every six months you do. Yeah. Wise words indeed. Yes, you do. And you've got to allow time for that. That is not a, I'll get around to that when I've got a bit. You've got to allow time for that. Uh, and at that senior position, you should therefore be either attending sort of senior management meetings or board meetings if you're the owner of a growing business. Even if it's only you and one other person who get together once a month for two hours and go, right, where are we taking this business? Yeah. Where do we want to take it? What's the vision? And, and at that level, you must communicate the wider vision to everybody in the team. The best story is the story of um, getting the man on the moon before the decade's out, which is what John F. Kennedy said at the beginning of the uh, 60s and bring him back safely, mm -hmm. which is what they did. So that was the big vision. Um, and there's a wonderful story about uh, a guy who was sweeping the floor at NASA. Uh, and somebody said to him, what are you doing? He said, I'm helping to get a man on the moon. <laughs> so that everybody, no matter how junior in the organization understands what the vision of the organization is. Um, so, you know, if you're running a cutting edge uh, spa, then it, is it about being the most innovative spa in your part of the UK? Or is it about being the most organic? What What is, what is that big vision and make sure everybody understands that? And that's a crucial part of being that very senior person in an organization so there's there's a lot more thinking yeah there's a lot more planning and there's less doing and that is the difficult thing when you hit that level is 
you know, planning and thinking time is still work. It's still got to be on the priority yes. list. It's not, it's not, oh, when I have time, because you'll never no. have the time. It's, it's never time you've got to block out. And that is, that is a tough thing to do. That is a really hard thing to, to tell your staff. No, no, no. You need to leave me alone for hours because I've yeah. got to do this. So I build it into when I walk the dog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I build it into when I walk the dog. I have a notebook by my bed. Um, uh, half five on Sunday morning, I woke up, bolt upright, and had to write something down and then went back to sleep. Um, but that's really, really useful. So the this thinking time comes, you know, if particularly if you've got you're managing five different spas across the country, you've got thinking time in the car. Hmm. Or on public transport, whatever you're using, put on uh, an audio book, a business audio book or something like that, that will help you generate ideas. I'm a huge fan of audio books at that level, at any level, actually, uh, because you can digest them really easily. And they're going in, even if you're kind of not listening to every word, they're still going in and they give you ideas as you're going along. So use the time when you're traveling as you think in time. I love that uh, because, yeah, you can't, it's very difficult to sit down and plan it out and go, right, for the next two hours, I will be thinking of ideas. Because mm. as soon as you do that, certainly for me, if if someone said to me, right, come up with an idea now, my brain shuts down. <laughs> you but, can't. But put me in a situation where I'm kind of, my, my mind's slightly focused on something else or learning about something else. And that's when the ideas kind of pop in. That's um, exactly it. And I love yeah. listening to I love listening to businessish books or non fiction books that are not directly related to what I do, because yeah. ideas come from the strangest places. Then you're right. You're absolutely right. And and one of the things I do when I, I work with lots of different businesses to grow them is that um, I'll take an idea from one industry and use it in a completely different industry. And it works beautifully. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. Go far and wide. Because we can't keep doing the same things that we're doing in the no. industry. Otherwise, suddenly at some point, every spa will be generic and the same and, yeah. and and things like that. So so the more you can pull from outside of the industry, the more ideas you can generate. You know, they're not going to immediately and obviously translate. But, you know, no. a, 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 a hint of an idea from over here in, in this other random industry over here that you can bring across and, and try. Because they're not always going to work. No, definitely not. You've got to try them uh, and give it your best shot and, and see what works out. Yeah, definitely. And listen to TED Talks yeah. and podcasts. Oh, yeah, podcasts. They're great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you just never know what you're going to pick up and it will trigger something. Uh, and you think, crikey, that, I've been trying to solve that problem for ages. And again, you're right. It's the downtime mm. where you get your ideas. It, it's, you know, when you're in the shower, going for a walk, doing your exercise class, whatever it happens to be, it's the downtime when you get it. And there's been so many examples of that um, where, you know, uh, well, Newton with gravity, the apple fell on his head whilst he was asleep under the tree. That's what gave him the idea. Einstein came up with the theory of relativity whilst he was dreaming about flying on a rainbow. Um, okay. the idea, yeah, the ideas <laughs> come when you're in downtime. And I'm a huge fan of meditating for that reason. If Gosh, you can that's... meditate, yeah. 
then that really helps. So earlier in the week, I'm just looking at the schedule for this week. Yeah, earlier in the week, we were talking to um, uh, another expert. And I think, in fact, everybody I've spoken to on this uh, special edition week has mentioned meditation at some point. Right. It's really fascinating. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Are we at the top of the mountain yet? We're almost there. So if you're a business owner, you're um, you're the equivalent of a spa director anyway. Mm. Okay. Uh, but eventually, as a business owner, you're going to need to move completely into a chief executive role. Um, and, uh, or if you, you know, managing director of a much larger business or CEO of a much larger business, that's you right at the top of the mountain. Right. So you've got the biggest, longest view. You've got the, the, the vision of the business that you've perhaps held. If you're the founder from day one or it's developed and you're like, you know, I really want to take it here, there or everywhere. That That's probably over a decade, couple of decades where you've got a long-term vision. If you're the owner of a business, you might have a vision to sell the business eventually, yeah, exit, okay. in which case you've got to have an idea of what you'd quite like to exit for mm-hmm. and work backwards from there. You know, if you've developed something over 20, 30 years, what's going to be the right kind of payoff for you? to make up for all that work you've put in. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge fan. I think it was Jim Collins who said, start with the end in mind and work backwards. Yes. Um, so start with that big vision. If you're right at the top of the organization and work backwards from there, how are we going to achieve this? Uh, and what kind of timescales are we looking at? And it's always good to set timescales, even if they move. That's mm. okay. Yeah, because then you know how, how you're doing. To measure yeah, yourself against, yeah. Definitely. And don't say in five years because five years never comes. Mm. Set a date. Yes. Um, so, so that, yeah. Because <laughs> people go in 10 years' time and like, well, when did the clock start ticking? <laughs> <laughs> Is it today, yesterday, last week, a month ago, Ex- two years ago? E- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So set a proper date like um, and work backwards from there. As I say, it doesn't matter if it changes, that's okay. But it gives you something. I, I like to the analogy I use is that it, it's like setting the autopilot for an organization. Um, if you are flying from London to New York, the, the pilot sets the autopilot to New York. What I didn't realize, and I learned this a few weeks ago, is that actually airplanes spend about 80% of their time off course. Yes, they do. Yeah. So the autopilot bring, gently brings them back, gently brings them back, gently brings. And this is what the big vision is about for your business. It's if you set that, set the date, it doesn't matter where, how you go off course, you can gently bring it back, gently bring it back and know that you're back on track. Um, and in our fast paced modern world, that, biz, that big vision might change slightly. Uh, because you might have to react to market conditions or yeah. changes in the industry or whatever, but you still set a really big, clear vision. And right at the top of the organization, you're setting the values of the organization as well. Um, and you need to set what those values mean to your organization, and you need to have behaviors that are attached to those values as well so that everybody understands what's expected of them how to deliver things, and that runs through everything you do in your business. 
and that's what you're leading right at the top and then obviously it's all about strategy when you're at the top and being visible as a leader as well got it so yeah throughout that journey then and that's amazing thank you for for taking us through that journey that's fascinating but we've mentioned there you know we've got things like conflict resolution managing Mm -hmm. personalities motivating people strategy budgets time management planning prioritizing so many skills that you need to take on in that in that journey Mm -hmm. and where we've mentioned kind of podcasts and and on audio books as as ways to get ideas but what Mm -hmm. other what are your favorite resources for for learning these skills in the modern world these days okay i'm a little bit biased adam because i've created a coaching and consulting platform with all of those things on okay that's handy (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, because it was exactly that as you know me and two of the directors have got together and created tricrest.com and we go into businesses and we teach this stuff and we help people learn this stuff. Okay. Uh, and we said, well, we can't get around everybody. So let's put it onto one platform and make it accessible to everybody. So it's £17 a month to subscribe. Everything you need is on there to grow your business. Wow. I know. Because normally, consul- well, you know, consultants and coaches, we charge quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's all on there. And um anybody at any stage can go on there there's stuff on leadership on sales on managing people on constructive conversations negotiation there's stuff on everything that you'll want we haven't added the budgeting bit yet but we'll we will be adding that um so that's my favorite resource for obvious reasons um the other thing to mention is that you don't have to learn this all at once no and and it's some ways probably best not to to please don't yeah yeah um but you will be able to there are so many resources now Um, my favorite way of learning stuff is go and find the expert buy them a coffee and pick their brains so we've got the mentors yeah there's always definitely there's always a million books on things as well so books is a great way but but I guess it is with that with your platform that's kind of you know that's almost accessible to anyone at any level so even if you are taking that first first step up and you want to it's like having your own and I presume it's online it is yeah yeah yeah, tricrest so it's t-r-i-c-r-e-s dot com we'll put the links and stuff in the show notes page so that's great so that's like having your own kind of uh, MBA business library in your pocket type thing it is it (laughs) is and we we're keeping the number of courses short because right. you don't want to wade through 15,000 courses because okay. that that would be ridiculous uh and it's a mixture of videos audios downloadable pdfs all the resources are there for you to use in your business love it that's amazing yes. yeah rebecca thank <laughs> you so much for your time today i hugely appreciate that i found that fascinating i hope anyone listening um also finds that incredibly useful because i think i've never heard it laid out like that in that kind of that mountain analogy and, and the journeys and the things that change you go through. So that's been really interesting. Thank you. No, no, absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye. There we go. What do you think? Fascinating, right? I thought so. Now, did you see yourself or your position in those areas that Rebecca described? How do you think you measure up? Are you on track or are there some skills that you need to add 
you know, to your leadership arsenal. Now, don't forget, but even more information on this topic, those wonderful folks at the UK Spar Association who, if you didn't already know, run National Spar Week each year for the benefit of the industry. They've curated even more in the way of articles, videos, and advice on today's page of the National Spar Week website just for you. You can head over there right now at www.spar-uk.org forward slash spa week i'll give that to you again because it's a little bit fiddly with the hyphen in there that's www.spa-uk.org forward slash spa week now if you're looking for the normal show notes pages for the episode they can be found in the normal place at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 73 now as i have been all week and you'll be used to this by now, I will be back here yet again tomorrow with another episode and we'll be talking all about employee financial wellness. Now, we all know that money can be a huge source of stress for people and sadly, the education in terms of personal finance in schools and colleges is still severely lacking. So we felt this was a very important topic to call out and focus on during this week of talking wellness in the workplace. So to find out more about employee financial wellness, whether as the employee yourself or as the business owner or manager and how you can better support your team with this topic, come back and join me here tomorrow for the last in this special National Spa Week series of episodes of the Beauty Business Podcast. See you again tomorrow.